You are listening to Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast with Diogo Custodio. If this is your first time listening, then thanks so much for coming. Get ready and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Believe, Strive, Achieve, Endurance Podcast. My name is Diogo. Today we have Kevin Smith, one of our coaches. Kevin is based in France, very close to the Alpe d'Huez, so we are all a little bit jealous from you, Kevin. Um, how are you? Yeah, good. Very good, thanks. I've, uh, I've ridden and swam already today, so, you know, good start of the day. Come on, come on. We just started yeah. now and you are already making me jealous. <laughs> anyway, Kevin, try to understand a bit um, who you are and uh, how you got involved with the GIH. My, my first question for you is how you got involved in sports, how everything started for you. Um, yeah, I guess um, I guess it was... It was riding to school on my bike, strangely enough, that, that made me realize I, I, I just really enjoyed riding my bike. Um, I was never really a sporty kid. Don't from, come from a, a sort of sport background. I, none of my family really do much in the way of sports. Um, so yeah, it was, it was that really. It was, it was riding to and from school. And then off the back of that, I just started riding my bike, um, found a few friends, and then joined a I joined a cycling club. So, um, yeah, I guess it was kind of like early mid teens, and then that that kind of progressed to with the cycling club, um, doing a few time trials, um, mm -hmm. all, all very low key. Um, I wasn't particularly good, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was it was yeah. I found it early on. That I just love riding the bike, and and that was the entry into sports. I guess. And um, at the time, would you ever think that you're going to be a coach or something like that? Oh no, not in the slightest. Um, I think, I think over time, um, because that's the kind of person I am, I I started taking it more and more seriously. And and what I really enjoyed about, well, one of the things I really enjoyed about about doing sports is is like the personal improvement sort of side of things. So you know, how can I get better? How can I go faster? Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm an engineer by by training so I, I like to sort of think about these kind of things and go over the details and um, I, I guess yeah it wasn't probably until a long way well I got dropped out of cycling a little bit when I went to university and picked it back up again kind of late late 20s mm -hmm. um, and that's yeah that, that's when I sort of started really trying to work on things um from the, from the time trial point of view um which which is a great a great discipline i think um because you know you get um you get like you know a a chance to sort of test yourself pretty much every week if you want to mm -hmm. um you know obviously courses change and weather conditions change but it's it's brilliant for that sort of kind of quick feedback what can I do what can I change how can I see any kind of improvements so uh, I just tried to yeah, get that was that was kind of where I naturally went with the with the cycling kind of early on and what uh, what did you study at university uh, mechanical engineering <clears throat> so um, that's kind of my my data analysis sort of background so um, that's why then <laughs> yeah, yeah so I love I love wading through training peaks and WK and looking at graphs and all that sort of stuff so uh, looking at all the numbers that you can read and data yeah yeah i mean i've well i've kind of i kind of i'm not quite gone full circle in that i still do all of that um mm. but i think 
I think over time I've sort of got really into that and maybe, maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> and and now it's kind of more, yeah, it's, it's a tool. It's useful. It's interesting. I like doing it, but it's not, it's not the be all and end all, obviously, um, which is something that I probably didn't really understand about <clears throat> sort of 10 years ago, but uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, there's, there's more, there's more to sport than numbers. So. So you did all your um, second career or and all your studies in, in UK, correct? Um, uh, well, actually, no. There was a slight. Well, I, I I was in New Zealand for for four years um, okay. prior to coming to France. Um, so that was that was quite a change. Um, <clears throat> obviously, living on the other side of the world was mm -hmm. was it was an interesting experience. But um, from from a sporting point of view, um, I kind of went from like time trials being being my sort of bread and butter racing um from the cycling point of view to um to there not being a lot of that at all over in new zealand but there is a lot of road racing so i, I got to uh i got to try that out and and, and really enjoyed that um again it, it's like um it's nearly the opposite extreme of, of time trialing where obviously yeah. you know again against the clock it's all about you it's about your effort it's about sort of consistent um power mm -hmm. road racing is is the other extreme it's sort of reacting to other people tactics tactics yeah it's been able to make those hard efforts and hang on and then and then just sort of sit there for 10 minutes not doing a lot and then off you go again so it's it was kind of the opposite extreme but but really fun really fun there's uh there's something there's something about competing with a bunch of other people who are all trying to get over the line first and then And then actually making it one day, which which didn't happen very often, but luckily it happened a couple of times. So. Um, were there any kind of big uh, differences you found between the New Zealand approach to sports compared to the UK, for example? Um, yeah, I'd say well, maybe, maybe things are a little bit different in the UK these days. Um, I have I have been away from the UK for over 10 years now, but um, but no, the the big thing that really hit me when we went to New Zealand was that even even from a sort of small sort of fairly sparsely populated country mm -hmm. loads of people are out there doing sport um you know you <clears throat> i happen to work um in auckland so obviously you know the big the biggest city in new zealand yeah. so it's so not that representative of the rest of it but it was amazing you know how the amount of people who would be out doing something on their lunch break um you know and there were loads of sports clubs and you'd see loads of cyclists and runners and walkers and stuff out um so it was just a very um yeah it, it was a great a great kind of environment for anybody who likes being outdoors or doing sport because because mm. everyone was doing it so there was like loads of opportunity i remember there was um close to the sea part uh, in Auckland when I, i went there four or five years ago and there was like a, a path where you can run and You see a lot of people just running around and cycling around, um, even on a big city like like Auckland. So that was quite interesting. Compare well, my my reality is different from the UK. It's in Portugal, and um, we are not very friendly with uh, amateur sports, just uh, football. But um, that was something that caught my attention: is that the amount of people that just go out and exercise um, was quite interesting. Yeah, so, it is, and it is quite. Um... I, one, another difference I found was that um, I think because there are so many people doing stuff, 
Um, it's all quite informal. I mean, the ki Kiwis are a really relaxed bunch anyway, generally. Um, so, but, you know, instead of, instead of there being lots of bike clubs, there was kind of like one bike club locally, but mm -hmm. then loads of, they, they call them bunches. <laughs> so you talk about bunch rides and it'd literally be um, friends, people that knew each other and then people that just turned up and it would be, it would be group rides that were like linked to coffee shops. So, you know, you'd meet up at a coffee shop, um, you'd go on, on this bunch ride, which could be, you know, some of them were quite big. There's some of them, you know, you could get like sort of like 20, 30, 40 people in, in this, on these bunch rides. Um, and it was all, <laughs> it was all kind of like, um, yeah, just sort of appeared, just sort of grew by itself. Um, and, you know, if you, you turned up to a bunch ride and if it was too fast for you or, you know, didn't quite sort of pick whatever the boxes you're after, then you just try another one. Um, and yeah, it, that's kind of very, very, I think New Zealand eat in the. It just reminds me very very of the, the Zwift nowadays. Yeah, true, true. That's that's that is that is true. But um, yeah, it was it, it was a really good environment. And it, it was you know that's probably reflective of of the fact that there's so many people out there doing doing something that uh, that, that, that could um, Traffic wise, was it safe for for you to ride there? Um, well, that that was the one the one strange thing actually um, in the. Despite despite the New Zealand people being very relaxed, um, there was quite a bit of friction between cyclists and drivers, and and, and I don't again hard for me to sort of compare with the UK now, given yeah. I haven't been there for so long. But um, when I moved there, it was it was worse than the UK quite substantially, um, which was odd. Um, but yeah, it was just something you got used to. Um, <laughs> you've uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I remember, <laughs> strange, I remember watching a, um, a bunch of, well, I say kids, they're obviously old enough to drive and be in a car, and uh, I remember growing up in the UK, um, sort of cycling around, and obviously, you know, 25, 30 years ago, it was a, a much less common pastime, so you get, you get the odd comments shouted out a car window at you, because they thought you looked yeah. weird with all that lycra on, um, <laughs> But then in New Zealand, I remember I remember riding along and uh, some kid with um with a can of spray paint who was <laughs> who he stuck his hand out the window and he was he was trying to spray paint me, um but but then with with just obviously you know going along I wasn't going I don't know how fast I was going but with the with the wind it just took the spray paint away and I and I was just sort of like bemused thinking what's going on here but yeah. <laughs> And I had potatoes thrown at me as well. So, uh, so yeah, apart, apart, apart from, uh, yeah, New Zealand being a great place and a friendly place, you just got to watch out for the old car driver. So. Yeah, that's, that's something I remember when I went to Australia and New Zealand. Um, they love sports, sports so much. But once you are on the bike, on the road, you just fear for your life. It just it was terrible. Um, yeah, I think you, you kind of, you, I mean, as a local, you kind of learn which which yes. areas were probably best to avoid or what which roads are best to avoid um but yeah it was it was the odd moment and i believe it that now compared to the place where you live um where they are just a fanatic for cycling is a completely different reality so you went from new zealand to to france is that correct yep yeah that's right um and how is it there how is the reality there um oh it's great it's great um i mean i guess the the 
the main thing from a cycling point of view that's well obviously apart apart from the fact they're in the mountains so i get to i get to ride up mountains if i fancy um is is that you know the roads are good um they're they're, they're not very busy uh, i think that's the main difference um compared to probably the uk and and parts of new zealand but yeah we're um we're, we're pretty lucky out here so it's a great place great place to ride and how long do you live in france um so we moved over here 2011 so it's been yeah 10 years now just wow. over 10 years wow and how many times have you climbed the alphabet kevin come on <laughs> <laughs> so um oh, over 100 is all i can tell you oh, um, and uh i actually um i think it was last year um I, i missed a bit of an opportunity really but last year i noticed on strava because obviously you can look you can look on segments how many times you've done them um and i noticed i was coming up for a hundred and uh, i thought oh i i should really do something for, for my hundredth my hundredth time up out there um and then i kind of forgot about it <laughs> and suddenly realized i'd gone over i was like 103 and I was like, oh well, never mind <laughs> so now it's um have to to wait for the 200 times yeah maybe maybe yeah maybe i'll see i'll see if i can get that far but um but yeah it's kind of it's kind of ironically the i don't do that climb that often um so uh yeah it's kind of weird really it's it's it, i mean that uh, i'm not showing off here at all but it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of like there are there are better climbs to do locally so we don't that often go up out doers um unless i need a bit of a bit mm -hmm. of a workout so so coming from cycling well from a cycling pass how what made you move to to triathlon um yeah so that was um that was definitely um through one of our our friends that we met out here in in france um and uh i used to ride with her quite a bit uh and she was a triathlete and she'd been doing triathlons for at least 10 years i think when we met her um and um every time we'd ride well not every time we'd ride but every now and again she'd, she'd be like oh you know don't don't you get bored of just riding your bike um and and for i think the answer from about three or four years whilst being in france was 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 no um i'm quite happy riding my bike i actually i actually remember thinking years back in in the uk um i had another friend who <clears throat> he didn't actually even do triathlon but he he ran quite a bit and he swam quite a bit and i could never get my head around the fact that well why would you why would you choose to do all these three things and not not just focus on one and, and get really good at one thing because because that's where my head was at that in at that time um and then yeah i guess just going back to my friend after sort of three or four years of, of training really hard in france cycling and, and getting better and better results but but working really hard um I, i kind of got to a point where i was like yeah i think i've kind of sort of found out what my limits are from a, from a cycling point of view Uh, and I was looking for something else, so so yeah, I decided to to take the plunge and give and give triathlon a go, and and, and finally uh, finally see what it was all about. Um, and and another another factor was um, the fact that I I mean I learned I've learned I'd learned to swim when I was a kid, mm -hmm. um, but it was like you know breaststroke sort of thirty meters and I'm done sort of thing. Um, 
so whenever whenever we go like down the pool with the kids i'd just sort of sit there and and get cold and and, and be a bit grumpy and just, just be like sort of like well, looking at my watch waiting for them to finish yeah. um so i like I kind of combined the two and I thought, right, well, this is, this is an opportunity to get my finger out and, and actually learn properly how to swim. Um, mm. how, you know, I, like I said, I was fine with breaststroke, but I couldn't actually go anywhere. So, so that was, that was the goal. That was, well, sign up, sign up for a triathlon and that will actually force me, force me to learn properly. So. And, um, were there any big differences between the cycling and the, the triathlon sports that you found? Um, as an athlete, not as a coach. Yeah, um, I guess. I, I, I guess. I mean, what I what I found probably, I probably would have found this if I'd done any sport. To be honest, was that I'd, I'd been cycling for so long, and I got to the point where I mean, I was I, I was never especially good at it, um, but I took it quite seriously, um, you know, from my own point of view, um, and. I found that triathlon and, and the first race I did really, really sort of brought this home was, um, I mean, yeah, you can take it as seriously as you like. Obviously there's some people that, that, that probably live, live, breathe, eat, sleep triathlon, but, um, a lot of people are just, are just there for the fun. You know, um, it was a very, a very different event. I found doing my first triathlon compared to a bike race where, you know, if you're doing a bike race, people turn up level it's all it's all quite serious you do the race and off you go again pretty much um whereas the first triathlon i did it was over a weekend and you know there were different obviously sort of distances the kids had to go um it was a really nice kind of atmosphere and there were all sorts of abilities um you know and, and i think that 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 was the biggest thing i noticed that was different in that it seemed very inclusive it seemed a lot of fun and and people were just sort of there and very the very encouraging of others it was it was a very inclusive sort of friendly kind of atmosphere mm -hmm. um do you think that all the experience that you had as an athlete in cycling and triathlon made a, an impact on the way that you you are today as a coach um yeah definitely i i think um I think it sort of it made me realize that that yeah some some people do sport for fun or stress relief or just to keep fit or you know and and some mm -hmm. are serious and some really want to you know smash out good times um but this you know there's a big there's a big range of of, of ways that this that the people sort of view sport in their life um and yeah definitely i think i think in the past uh, as a cyclist or a cycling coach because I, I i got that i got that qualification a while back um it would it would definitely be all about about performance and mm -hmm. you know um not that it isn't that with triathlon because obviously the you know pretty much the only reason anybody will ask you to, to coach them is because they want to go faster but yeah it, definitely puts a different take on it um yeah and, and different ways of approaching it and, and maybe a sort of more long-term uh, sort of view um yeah yeah so i say it's definitely changed things the way, the way mm -hmm. i view it 
something that people don't know is um, how you got involved with ETH. Uh, I know it. Um, I met you as an athlete, not as a coach at the time. Um, would you like to talk us about the experience that you had um, with Dragering Harder the first time you approached us? Yeah, so um, it actually is actually a, a sort of funny coincidence because um, I'd actually um, met a guy uh, called Mark Harvey in the UK. Um, so when I when I sort of first picked up triathlon, um, which would have been where are we? Sort of 2016, uh, 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of realized, you know, I, I, as I'd gone through the whole process of, of sort of trying to, trying to improve myself on the bike and, and that, and that, that's actually what led me to get my coaching qualification in the first instance. It was, it was about my own performance initially. And then, and then only later on to sort of help, help other people. But, um, I thought, right, well, I really need to, uh, I really need to get this, this swimming thing sorted out. Uh, <laughs> So um, so yeah, I booked I booked some some time with him um, and went in endless pool and and had the whole um, video analysis thing done, um, and uh, yeah, got chatting to him and and as as usual the, the you know the the where I live and, and what I do thing cropped up and he was uh, quite interested in in uh, arranging something over hours, mm-hmm. so he brought he brought a bunch of um, triathletes over. Um, uh, one of them was actually was actually Sorrel, <laughs> which was interesting. <laughs> um, but then, but then later on, um, I thought, well, okay, well, so you know, we've had we've had people over that, but they kind of ran a bit of a training camp, and and I wasn't really involved except for just hosting it. Yeah. Um, but I thought, well, you know, maybe I should maybe I should learn a bit more about what what the competition are doing. Um, so I just went online and sort of looked look for whoever seemed to have the best reviews, and uh, it was TTH. So, <laughs> so signed myself up for uh, for a week in in Portugal, and then and then later realised when I was speaking to Mark that um, that him and Philip are best mates. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so uh, so yeah, that was that was one link, and then then yeah, obviously came out to Portugal, and that's and that's where I met you and uh, and a few of the other coaches. And now you work with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was. It was kind of. Um, I remember. I remember having conversations with with, with Philip, thinking, um, "This is this is a really good outfit." And I know, I know, I initially came out here just to just to scope out the competition, but um, no, you know, no the competition. <laughs> yeah, I thought, you know, why don't I join them? <laughs> but I mean, no, I mean, I didn't actually. I can't think how this worked out um, because obviously the thing, the the things um, that we set up with Mark, um, pretty much straight after we'd done it um he 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 said to me because i was talking about him for the following year he was like i'm not entirely sure i'm gonna be able to carry on with this because he was he was in the middle of setting up the the oxford uh tri series Mm -hmm. um so obviously all his time was was being taken up with that so um so that was another that was another push in the direction of tth because he was saying oh you know you you really want to if you want to carry on with this you really need to get in touch with these people um and and so i kind of went from sort of joining the camp to you know obviously the main the main reason was we need to learn a few things about triathlon um but then being really impressed by the, by the setup and and the way how you guys worked so then thinking oh yeah maybe um maybe i can get involved so so yeah it's funny that i remember talking with you about um the place where you live and what you you were doing uh, as a living um 
and thinking about exactly the same. Oh, I would like to, to visit this guy one day and uh, stay at his house and do a camp over there. Yeah. Um, and I would never imagine that you would be working with with us um, at this stage. So it's, it's funny. It's really funny. Yeah, how these things work out. Um, Kevin, as a coach, what has been the biggest challenge that you have been facing so far? doesn't matter cycling or triathlon. Um, okay, as, as a coach, um, I would say it's, um, it's, it's, it's probably learning and obviously you've got to do this for each athlete individually, mm-hmm. um, how, how you can juggle all these different, different pieces, um, to, to make it work with, with, with their, with their goals and their, their, their life, their lifestyle, you know, their, their restraint, mm-hmm. um, the, the, you know, basically how they can make it fit into their own life. Um, and, and, and again, just sort of referencing back to the cycling side of things, you know, obviously uh, when I, when I sort of speak to cyclists, um, uh, maybe sort of like come up with a bit of a plan for them these days, it's, it's interesting how it, it seems so easy <laughs> compared yeah, to yeah. compared to triathletes when you've only got one discipline to worry about, um, and you kind of got the luxury of being able to focus on that one thing versus the juggling act that is that is triathlon training. Um, so I'd say that's that's kind of the the biggest challenge, um, you know, mm-hmm. from a from an overall point of view with, with triathlon coaching. But from my from my side of it, um, you know, learning how to do that well. For individuals and then and then working out every time because everyone's different trying to understand the, the athlete that you have in front of you yeah yeah and their constraints and how they can make mm-hmm. make it work in, in their life and obviously you know some some athletes are, are lucky enough to have um a fair bit of spare time and and and, and that will make your job a little bit easier because you know there's there are less of those constraints but then equally you know going back to my point about you know, lots of different types of people do triathlon. You know, we'll have you'll have people that have only got sort of seven hours a week and a busy job, and you know, a, a, and a family to look after as well. And you've got to yeah. you've got to sort of like basically kind of try and come up with a plan that works for them, and then and then adjust it because obviously, you know, life happens probably more for those kind of people than 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 the ones who are very focused on triathlon and, and have a lot of time to to, to work on it. So then you've got to then you've got to reschedule things. You've got to move stuff around, and then you've got to work out how how best to keep going with them once you know something mm-hmm. has hasn't gone to plan. And is there any advice that you'd like to give to to your athletes? Um, yeah, um, I probably they probably get bored of me telling them um, how consistency is, is the is the number one the number one goal that I'm after from them. Um, mm-hmm. So anything, anything that makes um, training either easier or um, more likely that you're going to go out and do it. So that's like training with other people or trying to come up with some sort of routine in your life where, where, you know, you just sort of, you know, getting out there and getting it done is, 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 is not such a headache. Um, anything you can do in your life, that, that helps that I think is, is a bit of a, uh, you know, he's going to help you succeed. Um, and along the same kind of lines, sort of 
the ideal situation is is that you just love doing the training full stop i you know you just like being out on your bike you like running um you enjoy swimming because the more the more you can kind of just love the process and and just sort of get into it the the more success you know is is naturally going to come along because you know you're not having to force yourself out to do all these things you just you like doing them anyway so that would be my best piece of advice is is trying to get towards that as, as 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 well as you can one way or another yeah it's meant to be a pleasure thing not um, something that you have to do like a, like a yeah. job yeah exactly and i haven't i haven't had the pleasure of coaching any any pro athletes yet so <laughs> so yeah reminding people of that and saying well actually you know this is there's not much point doing it if you're not enjoying it and it's not fun because because why else you know so so yeah yeah i agree kevin for those who who like to visit your your place how can they do that um right well if they if they want to come out as triathletes then uh then they can um then they can obviously go through tth on the on the website there's information about um about the camps we do out here and, and what kind of um what kind of things we offer um if you wanted to just come out to enjoy the mountains or or, or ride your bike a little bit then uh then yeah i've obviously got my own side of the business which looks after the accommodation we do um so you can you can check us out if you if you look for Just Google cycling, cycling ascents, or one word. Then, um, then yeah, it will pop up that way, and then you can, yeah, you can have a look at the, at the some of the, some of the nice, nice views you can experience over here. Um, when is not raining or snowing? <laughs> yeah, well, we're kind of lucky actually. We've probably had, we've had a bit of a miserable summer, to be honest. But it's all relative, you know. I say that, I say that probably because I've, I've it's been many, many years since I've experienced an English summer, but. Um, But yeah, yeah. Generally, we're quite lucky in in that um, we're not the south of France, um, so it's not like seriously hot. But we have a we have a nice kind of little weather weather window going on down here. It's um, out as a ski resort often. I don't know how true this is, but they often they often often advertise they get 300 days of sunshine a year, and it's um, it's kind of known as the sort of like island island of sun from from the ski ski resort point of view. So. Um, So normally, normally we can offer you a bit of sunshine. Yeah. Do you also receive ski athletes? Um. So yeah, to some degree we do. Um. So we're we're actually based down in the valley. Um. Which was a very conscious decision after visiting here because um, as a as a as a cyclist um or or a triathlete um, the last thing you really want to do after the end of a long ride is have to climb up. Um, to get to back to wherever you started, especially if it's a big climb, um, I, I couldn't imagine anything worse than staying in Alpe d'Huez. To be honest, if you if you're going to rack up a few big cycling days, um, so yeah, we were like, right, we're going to be down in the valley because that's that's the best place. So conversely, it's not the best place for skiers um, because um, you know you're not next to the slopes like you would be if you're up the top of the mountain. So we do get some some skiers, um, but it's more. It's more families, to be honest, um, who are looking for a bit more space, and you know the kids aren't going to be skiing all day anyway. So. But yeah, we're open all year, so uh, yeah, if people want to come visit, then uh, then you're all welcome, skiers, skiers, triathletes, or cyclists. I'll leave the um, on the description the website and all the information that people can find um, about our training camps and about your space. So for those who Thanks are then. listening to us, just feel free to contact Kevin or. 
TTH um, to get some more information. Anyway, Kevin, from my from our side is everything. Thank you so much for for this conversation. It was very nice to to know you a little bit better. Um, and I hope to see you soon in Portugal or France. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I guess. Um, yeah. Well, hopefully one way or another, you, I can either come out to yours or you can come out to mine. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be good. Hopefully with sunshine. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Definitely with sunshine. Even in Portugal, we haven't had any proper summer yet, so I'm still waiting for it. Oh really? Okay. Well, maybe it's Europe wide then. Yeah. Maybe it's just one of those years. Thank you so much. Cool. No worries. Thanks, Diego. The Believe, Strive, Achieve podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment and show notes are found at trytrainingharder.com. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at trytrainingharder. Thanks for listening.